Welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting. M, suggested for mature audiences, parental discretion advised. R, restricted, persons under 16 not admitted unless accompanied by parent or adult guardian. X, persons under 18 will not be admitted. This seal in advertising indicates that the film was approved under the Motion Picture Code of Self-Regulation. Hello and welcome to the Higher Enlightenment Podcast, brought to you by Higher Yields Cannabis Consulting. Your seed to scale cannabis business solutions team and the creators of the innovative cannabis consulting business solutions system, Higher Enlightenment. So what are these podcasts about? The Higher Enlightenment podcast was created to discuss everything cannabis, whether it be cannabis industry news, cannabis industry insider insights, advice and tips to establish your own successful cannabis business, and cannabis pop culture in general. We'll also be discussing cannabis news from around the globe. A new episode of the Higher Enlightenment podcast will be released every two weeks. Today's episode deals with the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affecting the commercial cannabis real estate market. Our guests today are the HYC real estate team. If you have any questions, please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. choosing our theater and to make this experience more enjoyable for everyone we hope you'll refrain from talking during the show thank you hello everyone i'm adam your host and today we are talking with the hyc real estate team about how covid19 has affected the real estate market i'd like to thank everyone for joining us Today we have John Valdez, president of HYC, and Shannon Bustos, one of our executive account managers who worked in the industry as a general manager for the last six years, as well as our director of political affairs, Chris Teagarden, joining us from Wisconsin, and also Mark Fisher, our director of membership excellence, who joins us from Los Angeles. We'll cover a few topics today, We'll talk about commercial real estate trends, where investors are at with COVID-19, what things are going on at the local government level, and the industry changes that we are starting to see across the board in different states. So John, let's start with you. Could you tell us a bit about the differences you are seeing in traditional commercial real estate versus cannabis commercial real estate, and how they are being affected by COVID-19? The traditional... Well, real estate in general before this COVID nineteen uh, came to to uh, or came around, uh, we've had a good good uptick in values and low inventory, which is also creating the uptick in the value of the properties. But since COVID nineteen hit, it's affecting the market all around. Except, for, well, right now it's affecting the cannabis market a little bit, but not as bad as the straight commercial sector. Uh, commercial, some states are hitting. At a 40% decrease in value already, at, which is 
incredible at this time because it's only been you know two months three months and we've already seen huge drops but what i have been seeing though with the cannabis sector is that there's been a lot of opportunities that we can that people can get into uh lease rates you can get into a better negotiation on lease leases and people are more open to cannabis now than they were when there was the regular commercial sector was booming so while traditional commercial real estate is going down, uh, commercial cannabis real estate seems to be staying pretty steady and maybe is creating new opportunities from investors. Uh, so what's the difference between a cannabis and non-cannabis piece of real estate? And what do you need to be zoned for cannabis? So it's one is something that's in the green zone. The green zone is an area that is designated by the municipality to where you can have a cannabis ran business. Uh, Non-green zone is obviously the exterior areas. A lot of the stuff that we are running into would be dealing with setbacks, which is a big issue, uh, depending on the municipality, but most of them are setbacks a distance from property line to property line, from daycare, schools, rehab facilities, some community or some locations are, don't even want to run swimming pools. So that's one of the, the main things that I take a look at when I'm going to find a cannabis facility, that it is in the green zone. I verify that it will be within the distance, depending on the state, or the county or the municipality, if it's as the crow flies, which means from corner of property to corner of property in the air from a straight line, or is it, or is it if as you walk? So that is from the front door, down the sidewalk, across the street, over to the other business. So these are the different things that I look at that can cause a big hiccup in it. Uh, you want to make sure that you talk to your municipalities about the green zones and want to make sure that you can get into those areas. Gotcha. Um, Mark, would you like to add anything to that? Now, John, John hit on it pretty good there. Um, we're seeing out here in, uh, in California and in, in a couple other states, um, really commercial real estate coming to uh, a stop. Uh, and that hasn't happened in the cannabis industry, uh, which is we're, we're really lucky uh, in that regard that, that cannabis is an essential industry out here in California um, and the actual sales numbers have, have gone up initially leveling off a little bit now, but really no substantial change in consumption, which is fantastic. Great. Thanks. Uh, Chris Teagarden, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Well, that, that covered it, you know, at least in Colorado, I thought that what was uh, really interesting is the, cannabis shops and the cannabis industry was um, designated as an essential business. So they were still able to remain open throughout uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Great. So John, let's talk about the financial side. While the cannabis commercial real estate is doing well, what are investors doing right now? Has COVID-19 affected people looking to invest in cannabis? And how about those who are already invested but aren't at the finish line for the project? So I'm seeing that with the projects that are already ongoing, people are trying to get them done as fast as they can. So on that side of it, the financial portion of it's already been taken care of. So they are moving full speed ahead. Uh, what I see also happening is that people that were on the sideline waiting and now that this hit, it's gonna be a little bit harder for them to get financing 
because people are holding their money back to see what's going to happen with this market. That's pretty much what I'm seeing going on in the industry right now. Commercial lending, your standard commercial lending, going back to the regular commercial sector. That's another reason why that the commercial sector is dropping down so hard is that they are holding back quite a bit of money. Um, like Blackstone, which is a REIT, a real estate investment trust, they are holding $21 billion back from investments right now due to the COVID-19 and they're waiting for the market to tank. So I think those opportunities I was speaking about before, you're going to have a great opportunity when the time comes and the markets are, are flipping a little bit. Great. So you're seeing investors becoming a lot more cautious about where and how they're investing their money. Is that affecting the real estate side of cannabis as well? If you don't have a project already moving forward, it's going to be a little harder to get capital. Let's talk about the local government level. Chris, one of the biggest things with commercial cannabis real estate that is often overlooked is the level of local government involvement. Could you give us some insight on how COVID-19 might affect local municipalities in this regard? Absolutely. Uh, most of the time with local municipalities, uh, there's not a lot of overhead uh, within those structures. So when the pandemic hit, uh, many of the city councils, uh, the city managers and the administrative staff had to really stop most operations, um, city council meetings were canceled until they were able to get um, remote meetings up and running. Uh, many of the emergency orders and operational aspects of those orders had to be put into place. So you're taking uh, people power and administrative uh, resources away from the permitting process, away from municipalities that were on the verge of uh, crafting ordinances or even re-looking at their zoning and land use codes and they tabled those because this was not deemed a priority for most municipalities due to the pandemic uh, which is understandable um, the first things first is the safety and well-being of your community um, but I, I I do see the the, the localities uh, especially county and local governments that do plan on moving forward uh, they're going to do it swiftly. And that's because of the loss of the massive amounts of tax revenue that are lost. Most municipalities and counties or mostly municipalities rely on sales tax. And that is huge. And, and that's not only affecting the cannabis stores, that's affecting all retail stores in every municipality across this country. So we've kind of seen things come to a dead stop. But you feel like once COVID-19 passes that a lot of states and local governments are going to be wanting to push forward quickly to replace some of that tax revenue and create some new jobs. I think getting past just the ideological divide, yes. I mean, if we're speaking just on a strictly practical level, I think that it would behoove me to say the municipalities would get in front of this and do it quickly. It adds to an economic portfolio. And as we all know, the larger an economic portfolio that an economic region or entity has, the more immune it is to certain external factors that severely affect 
those revenue streams and uh, the community in general. And COVID-19 is a prime example. And um, it, it's just another legitimate business to get started in your community. How about you, Mark? Can you add something to that? Seeing a lot of uh, effect in the emerging markets where it really is slowed down until the uh, municipalities can um, bring themselves uh, back together again. On the existing municipalities uh, that are processing applications um, right now, um, that's still being done remotely. I mean, we're 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 seeing less Excel. We're we're seeing. It's more difficult to get a hold of your local planners, uh, your just access to uh, you, know, you remember you're going through four departments minimum uh, in each city uh, that you apply to. Um, so that coordination is a little more fragmented that a lot of the uh, planning department zoning um, and the health inspectors uh are now remote and uh, and on on Zoom, uh, so they're not in the same building. You can't just jump one, from one to the other and grab a number. Everything they have to get actually back to you by phone. Um, so a little more cumbersome of a pro, uh, of a, a process. But like Chris said, the uh, the the towns and the cities uh, look at us as low hanging fruit. Um, you know, the ones that have already opened dispensaries uh, and other, you know, whether it's distribution, manufacturing, cultivation or labs, um, realize the, the tax revenue and they're not going to let that go by the wayside, especially due to COVID-19. They're, they're not getting the revenues, um, you know, from all their other industries. Thanks. So, Shannon, tell us about some of the changes that you've been seeing in the industry. Cannabis facilities weren't built with social distancing in mind. So how have owners of these facilities begun to retrofit or better prepare for COVID-19? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So a lot of businesses are implementing um, occupancy limits. Um, they've also implemented curbside uh, service for, for dispensaries and also delivery. So legislators legalized cannabis delivery with the passage of House Bill 1234 in 2019. So the law permits medical marijuana deliveries to start in 2020. So there's a couple of dispensaries currently who um, have been awarded uh, delivery licenses. So that's looking to open up here about mid-May. So as cannabis has been deemed an essential business, how are we seeing bud tenders and growers jobs change and how are they protecting themselves? So to protect themselves at dispensaries, a lot of businesses have been putting up plexiglass uh, right at the cashier area. Um, also putting X's on the floor to, you know, kind of help people distinguish that six feet distance. And, um, you know, uh, of course, wearing the masks, gloves, uh, you know, in cultivations, it's a little bit different because, um, you know, with the occupancy limits, they're, they're cutting down um, about half of the employees at a time. And as we all know, cannabis plants, you know, they don't take a day off. <laughs> so um, I, a lot of these employees are having to do kind of double time to take care of these plants. Gotcha. 
So how about you, Mark? Uh, Shannon's based in Colorado and you're out in California. What are the changes that you are seeing out there uh, that might be different from Colorado? Really going curbside. Uh, even if the dispensary is open and they have their axes on the floor, they're realizing that uh, the consumer is wanting more curbside pickup. Um, and in that regard, we're seeing some real neat in, in, innovations going on uh, where in the past, in order to, um, you know, to get delivery, uh, you jump on weed maps uh, or, or Leafly and then you uh, you you go right to the uh, dispensary's website, click a few buttons and you have it delivered. Um, well, curbside um, initially when I mean, and this is evolving in just these last you know six weeks. Um, initially, that was very similar. You jump on a website, click, put your order in and go from there. We're seeing more and more uh, virtual um, interactions uh, between the consumer and the bud tender. Uh, in that way, the bud tender can, can describe the products and, uh, you know, maybe upsell a little bit. But, but really, the heart of it is get to the, uh, to the consumer or patient's uh, real need of how they're going to be using uh, cannabis, um, which is a bud t- tender's job. Uh, um, always that started to fall off a little in the curbside world. And we're seeing a resurgence in that. And, and a lot of it is driven by the manufacturers, frankly, uh, because they're no longer able to put their PADs um, into the stores. They're uh, in, in promote new products so uh, we're seeing manufacturers team up with dispensaries um, and go more virtual bud tending. Very cool. Shannon, are we seeing a dip in sales or an increase? Has that started to flatten out in Colorado since C-19 and businesses being deemed essential and non-essential? So they've gone up and by quite a bit uh, here in Colorado when the governor um, was going to close cannabis sales and also liquor stores. We saw one of the biggest day, days in cannabis sales in Colorado. And how about out there in California, Mark? Uh, initially, uh, a huge bump. Um, and then it, a, a little bit of dip as people figured out um, curbside service. Um, and now that is leveled off and is starting to go up. We're definitely on an upswing compared to even three months ago. And then delivery is just off the charts. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps up our time for today. Shannon, Mark, John, and Chris, many thanks for your input. Really appreciate it. And thanks for all of your insight on how COVID-19 has affected the cannabis real estate market. And many thanks to all of our listeners. Please stay safe and healthy, and we'll talk to you again very soon. And please stay tuned for some parting announcements. For information on how to follow the Higher Enlightenment podcasts, please be sure to check out the description below. You'll receive all the latest and greatest podcast news and announcements. We'll also let you know when we release new episodes. If you'd like to be a guest on the Higher Enlightenment podcasts or have ideas about upcoming episodes, please be sure to check out the description below. For 
information about sponsorship or advertising on the Higher Enlightenment podcast, please call us at 844-HIGH-YIELD. That's 844-H-I-Y-I-E-L-D. Or visit our website at www.higheryieldsconsulting.com. Thanks, have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Scene one, Apple, take two. Sei Engel auf, gib sie Marshall und